pursuing relationships Relationship. on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. I'm Josh Cote, your host, and today we're going to be sitting down a little bit later with John and Jen Kohler. They're missionaries to Mexico. They've been to Thailand. They've served in ministry in Christian schools and in a local body uh, here in the Joplin area for many, many years, uh, part of a legacy of preaching the gospel and still working with family even now down in Carretero, Mexico. So we're really excited to talk to them. We're going to be sharing a little bit about how authenticity is powerful, being authentic. And that's not just being relatable to the ability to sin, but being relatable to the ability to change. You know, a lot of the times we think authenticity or vulnerability kind of leans toward I'm capable of being in the same position as somebody else in their weakness. And that vulnerability shows weakness or or authenticity is really showing that I have the ability to sin. When Jesus walked in power and authority all the time, but he was extremely vulnerable. He was extremely available. He was arms wide open all the time. Authenticity, I believe, is less about being relevant and more about being open hearted. You know, last week we talked with Pastor Cindy Wormuth about living open hearted toward everyone all the time. And this is the position Jesus took. He was moved with compassion and he healed them all. Not only their physical ailments, but also their soulish and psychological ailments as well. He restored people back to a place of dignity and honor. You know, I'm reminded of the lady with the issue of blood that came to him that carried that for 12 years. And she thought to herself, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And not only was she made whole physically, he raised her up. He called her daughter of Zion. He brought her back into a place where she came from the untouchable to the completely restored, not just physically and not just soulishly, but she was restored to dignity socially. You know, when you call the very best out of people, call them to the highest place that they can be, call them up to a place that, that Jesus modeled for us and we can model for one another because of his life living inside of us. Authenticity can truly be a changed life, consistent, steadfast, full of hope, and full of love that gives others inspiration to know that Christ is working on the inside of us to fashion and form us into the very image of our Father in Heaven. So I'm really excited today to talk with John and Jen Kohler about this very subject of the power of authenticity. Stick around. We'll be with John and Jen here in the studio when I come back. I am Son of Heaven. I'm the apple of God's eye. I'm strong and I'm powerful. God planned me before the foundations of the world. He spoke me into existence. God started my story and He will finish it. I was created with heaven's destiny. I was made to change the world. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. For me, I look just like my daddy. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. So excited to have the Kohlers in the studio with me today, Jen and John. So glad to have you guys. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Um, you know, you're only back in the States every so often um, on the mission field in Mexico. And uh, so excited to hear about what you guys are doing down there. Starting off, just give us a little update, what you've been up to, and a little bit of your past so those that don't know you can kind of familiarize themselves with you. Well, I guess I'll start. 2017, we were really just at a pretty tough place in our lives. We had been doing ministry and wanting more. We weren't sure what that was going to look like. And things began to happen in our life, and we felt the call to the nations. And so we really started praying. And at that point, an opportunity in Thailand came open, and we decided that we were going to take the risk. We were going to step out and do the radical thing and sell all of our stuff and move to Thailand. And we just really felt that drawing from the Spirit, and He was just making it very evident it was time to make those steps. And we stepped out, and we sold all that we had, and took our family and 12 suitcases and went to Thailand for three years. And then um, we knew in Thailand in 2020 there was a transition happening. We had no idea about COVID and all of those things happening, but we started fasting and praying and felt like it was time to transition back to the States for a bit. Then all of a sudden COVID came and we started to realize it was time and the time was now. So we moved back um, in the midst of all the countries shutting down and we came back to the States and started speaking with our mentors and people in our lives and, and we knew the next step was to move to Mexico. So in 2020, in the midst of all of <laughs> the pandemic and chaos, we uh, raised support and we were able to move down to Mexico and we've been there for two years. That's kind of a bit of our story of how we ended up in Mexico. Yeah. You know, when we went to Mexico, we didn't have an agenda. I think sometimes people kind of think that you're supposed to have this plan of what you're going to do. But for us, uh, our heart was to go to the community and find out what do they need and how can we bring the gospel? How do we present the gospel in a way that's relevant to them culturally, um, that meets the needs that they have? And so that's what we've done. And so we work with the Y base. We're involved with the different schools that they have. Um, but in our in our journey there, that's when we began to say, okay, well, what's happening here? And so we got involved with rehabs. Um, we uh, have a heart for young people. And so we've been able to do different events for them, focusing on identity and purity. Um, we really just have a heart to minister to people. Evangelism is key, but we also really believe in discipleship. And that, I think, really fits in with the theme of of, of the heart of this podcast is being able to mix lives and to impart, to share, to be real, to, to find that place of, of genuineness. I think that was one of the things that, you know, I grew up in the church. I got to be a missionary when I was a kid, went to Bible school, worked in youth group, Christian school, all of that. 
Um, but the thing that made me sad about church is that so often it's just like another school. You go in, there's a lesson, you take notes, you go home, and and that's not the, the community, it's not this family that we were made for. And I think there's a lot of factors that cause that, but that's something that, that Jen and I were passionate about is how can we create safe places for people to come together, to grow in their walk with God, to be real. Because I think sometimes in the church culture, there's such a pressure. I've got to conform. I've got to look good. i got to have my crud together. Because if I don't, I'm going to be out. And I don't want to be out. I want to be in. Mm-hmm. And so that keeps us from really being able to say, man, I'm, I'm struggling. My life's a disaster. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be a man of faith, but right now I'm, I'm not. And, and so that's something that we really have a heart to do. And we know we're thankful that we get to do events for young people to talk about identity and sexuality. But I think that the great fruit is what comes after because then people hear your testimony, they hear your story, and then they come and they meet with you one-on-one and say, okay, here's the thing. And and when we do these events, during the event and after the event, people are contacting us to say, hey, this is my story. I, I was abused for five years and I didn't even know that it was wrong. And, mm-hmm. and But I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know it. And, and, and how do I walk through this? And so we have the privilege to sit down and say, tell us. And then to walk with them. And some people are ready and some people, you know, they come back every few months. But, you know, life is a journey. And if we understand some of these things, I think we can have a better journey because we're including other people. A Sunday morning model, you don't really have a whole lot of relational opportunities. Mm-hmm. You, you shake hands, you say hi, and you don't really go deep with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, with counseling and getting into deep things like that, where you're, you know, on a personal trust level with people, that's a very relational thing. We do a lot of counseling ourselves, my wife and I, and you have to be open-hearted mm-hmm. to people and not allow their behavior to be taken personally mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. Just share with me a little bit about that process and how you guys walk through that. Yeah, I think for us, um, you know, our story was we were in the ministry for so long. And when you are in a certain role, you find yourself just being so walled off from people. You you know, you feel like you have to perform, you feel like you have to present it a certain way and and I think when we came to that place of Vulnerability is not bad. Vulnerability is what people are looking for. They want to know that you are real. They want to know what you've been through so that there is hope on the other side. And so when we started sharing more of our lives with people, sharing um, just from our struggles and what God was doing in our life and really opening our lives up to others, it's like a huge open door. And people are attracted to that because they want to know that it's reachable. They want to know that these guys, they've struggled. They still love God. God is doing awesome things in their life and bringing freedom in their lives. He can do it for me. We really had to break out of that performance 
mentality of, you know, I've got to present myself so all together. And it really is a tearing down of pride and just breaking out of shame and just being like, you know, it's okay to talk real. It's okay to talk about the hard things because we're all there. I mean, this is a very difficult time in life and we're all struggling with so much and we need each other. Mm. We need each other to carry one another. So I think when we really began to break out of that and start to open up, it was like more and more relationships began to form in a counseling setting. And it wasn't just us telling them what to do. It was us sharing and them sharing with us. And it became more of walking together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it really does come down to humility, um, really owning who you are. I think that sometimes we live in delusions or, or, or fantasies or we want so hard to convince ourselves and others sometimes of things that aren't even necessarily true. Um, here in America, there really is a strong culture of achievement. Mm-hmm. Much of what, who you are is measured by what you do, how much you know, what your income is. And so... Unfortunately, the church falls into that same cycle of measuring our worth and our value by what we do or what we don't do. Mm-hmm. And so then we're forming these different groups, and I belong to this group, and we're against that, and we're for this. And it's like, in one sense, it's okay. I mean, we should have values, and we should, uh, you know, we want to be with other iron that sharpens our iron. But I think that it becomes dangerous whenever we narrow our focus to such a point that I can only be with people who think like me. I can only be around people who agree exactly with what I believe. And and if I let somebody in from another perspective, they're going to contaminate me. They're going to bring me down. They're going to erode this, this foundation that's in my life. And, and if I don't have that, I'm nothing because my value, my everything is is tied into this structure of belief and and ah, whatever. So I think it's really important that we're able to 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 recognize what we were made for. We were made for relationship. And what we do is we put all these other things to fill in the blank of, well, I'm not good at relationship, but I'm good at building. I'm good at collecting money. I'm good at saving. I'm good at investing. And it's like those things are all good. But if you miss love, 1 Corinthians 13 says you missed everything. And and so we don't necessarily know how to get to that heart of love. Mm -hmm. And. You know, but love is humble. Love is love is real. Love is authentic. It's a journey. I mean, it's been a hard walk for me because I come from a very performance culture. I mean, Paul talks about his pedigree. I was a Benjamin and Jew of Jew and Pharisee and all of these things. And, and I have that in one sense in my life. And yet, because of the pressure of all of that performance, I could never be real. Because you couldn't know who I really was. Mm-hmm. You had to know. You had to believe the the exterior. You had to believe the the words that I said. And you weren't ever able, allowed to see deeply inside of me because inside of me was shame. Inside of me was the checklist of all the things that I didn't do right. And so really that's what we mm-hmm. want to do. When we walk with people, it's like, hey, let's take all that performance stuff and let's throw that away. Because here, you're you, I'm me. 
let's walk with Jesus and let's find out what he wants to do and what how he wants to move in your life. And so that's where we are. And I mean, I have a, a Bible study with some guys and we meet every Monday. And when I say Bible study, it's it's we study the Bible, but it's not like me giving a 45 minute sermon. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, guys, where are you at? And then we talk about our life experiences and where we are, the good and the bads of our week. And and it's amazing to see how people grow because instead of me as the, the smart one trying to bring all of this knowledge, I just listen and I let them talk and they share their testimonies of what God's done. And then they encourage each other and it's it's amazing to see them grow in that place. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's one of the paradigms we're trying to break down is darkness can overcome light. So if there's anything that needs correction, you don't need to go in with a battling ram and try to fix everything. You need mm-hmm. to have relationship first, yeah. and then the Lord will sort all that out, mm-hmm. for sure. Amen. Yeah. I'll say one thing I find very fascinating is, at least here, I find so many people, at, well, we are too, they're looking for community. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when they go to church, they think, I want community. Mm-hmm. But I realize when I look at community, the foundation of community is commitment. And yet people, what they want to do is they want to find community first and then commit. And oftentimes mm. it works the other way around. That's I right. commit. I'm honest. I'm vulnerable. And then I create mm. a safe space. And then we begin to grow in this thing called community. Isn't, isn't that what Holy Spirit draws us into? Mm-hmm. Total surrender. Mm-hmm. And then we get the benefits of the kingdom. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The yeah. gifts and everything else that comes mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. But it requires total surrender, total commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's benefits on the other side of that commitment. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. That's amazing. What are some of the things you guys are dreaming about? One of our big passions is just family. And we have started a few ministries we would like to see get stronger and grow more into those. And that is just focusing on marriages and seeing marriages restored, healed, equipped, you know, not only practically, but watching Jesus do amazing things, you know, bringing freedom to people's marriage and restoration. And we've seen some of that in Mexico, which has been awesome. We would love to see it expand more into the churches where the church members are now doing this in their homes and starting these marriage groups. And we would really like to see that grow. And then just equipping parents and teaching parents how to have a relationship with their kids and how to foster the love in those relationships. And in Mexico, it's very difficult. Their resources are very um, limited. And and so when you come and you talk about practical parent training, they just are mind blown. I mean, they're like, what? And so they're hungry for it. And we are very excited to see how that's going to expand and grow and really walking in mentorship with youth and watching them grow and launching into ministries and seeing them grow. So that's really our heart. Our heart Mm -hmm. is family and relationships. And I think for myself, there there is there is a part of me that really wants to reach men. I think that it's becoming harder and harder to 
to be a, a real man, a strong man, because you've got these paradigms that are maybe unrealistic. And I really, I want to see a new generation of men be raised up that know how to have healthy relationships, that know how to be genuine, honest, committed, those kinds of things. And I don't even know necessarily how to get there. I do believe it is part of it lies in being able to create groups where men can be real and honest with one another. There's such an interesting verse in the book of Judges. When Joshua was with the people of Israel, they fought these huge military campaigns and wiped out a lot of the enemies in the promised land. But even as Joshua is dying, um, they're dividing out the land and they talk about all the land that yet remains to be conquered. And what's so cool is the very first book of Judges, one of the tribes, Judah, says to another tribe, I think it's Simeon, and says, hey, let's fight together. You help me, we'll go conquer my territory, and then I'll help you, and I'll go conquer yours. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to see in in among men, is that ability to have that person in their life that's like, okay, where are you battling? All right, let's, let's fight that. Okay, now this is where I'm struggling. Let's fight that, because there's a promised land. And I believe that in Jesus, we have this amazing um, salvation, this amazing redemption, and all of that. But there are still areas that need to be fought out. There are areas that need to be healed and and made right if we're going to live the life that we were made to live. I was talking with my wife, and we've seen some really cool healings, miracles, physical things. And I said, but you know what's amazing is now that I'm working with people in in the nitty-gritty, it is a lot harder to get somebody healthy emotionally and spiritually than it is to heal their body physically. And you can have somebody get completely miraculously healed and they go back to dysfunction and brokenness and they never become the son or the daughter of God they were created to be. And that's what Jesus came to do is he came to bring this sozo, this healing that encompasses every aspect of your heart, your soul, your mind, your relationships. And yet somehow in the church we focus on the spiritual healing and we focus maybe on on physical healing. And there's this whole universe of the emotions, of the soul, of connectivity that we have no idea how to walk and how to grow in our identity and our value to think healthy thoughts, to relate in healthy ways. And so there's this big section of life that seems oftentimes out of place because there's just no place for that. There's no discussion. There's no... I don't know. There's not those places that we need to be able to really get healthy. Mm-hmm. So ministering to the family, you specifically with men, parenting, mm-hmm. and then even in marriages and making mm-hmm. those marriages stronger, um, it's very relational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love your hearts. I love how you guys are going after relationship, and mm-hmm. it's really part of your ministry and what you're doing. And uh, you know, whenever you're going after relationship on purpose, you really have to prefer one another. You have to be humble. You have to uh, put your own agenda aside, and you have to consider the other person mm-hmm. and see where they're at, and then just minister love, minister love and truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and see lives transformed. We really do see that. And I know you guys are seeing that as well. And uh, so anything that we can do to help you out, if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to ask. Thanks, man. All right, love you guys. Thanks Bless for being on. 
Wow, we look forward to partnering with John and Jen in many different ways uh, as they are ministering in Mexico. And of course, we'll continue to maintain a relationship there and pursue that on purpose. Next week, I'm going to be sitting down with a good friend of mine, doctor, mentor, who truly is a son of encouragement, and my friend. Mark Robinson will be sitting down with me and discussing his thoughts on relationship next week on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.